afternoon everyone um, it is afternoon right now as i am filming this so happy friday um welcome back to the word affairs um i'm so happy that i'm actually uploading today because for those of you who listen regularly to the um podcast you will have known that i took quite a bit of a break um before last week last week was the first time i'd uploaded since like <clears throat> i don't know like three weeks maybe i was incredibly busy as you know but we've already spoken about that so um yeah i'm back and it feels great to be uploading i have work at five o'clock today i'm doing a late till 10 um so and the weather is amazing outside it's sunny but it's cold you know one of them where it's actually sunny but you know the minute you step out there it's gonna be cold and it's just not the same so in a way i'm kind of happy that i'm stuck indoors because i'm that type of person who gets cold really quickly like I can, I sometimes, well, not even sometimes, but most of the time, I'll be wearing leggings under my trousers at work because it's just so cold. I don't know about anyone else, but I get cold really quickly. I'm not good with weather at all. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right being stuck inside. Um, and then unfortunately I will be at work as well. So it's fine. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I hope you're all doing really, really well. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I've actually been, I've started doing and I am not this type of person at all. So I'm actually quite surprised and I'm not even going to lie. It's kind of fun. Um, so I don't actually like post on social media. Um, I don't actually have really, I don't really have social media to honest with you. I don't have like Instagram or anything like that. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a Twitter like for the podcast in a while when, you know, it's doing really well type of thing, which it is right now as well. Alhamdulillah. So I'm just like, probably giving myself a little bit of time before I actually start and I can be bothered <laughs> um but on TikTok on like my own account it's private still but I've like started making TikToks and putting them up and I know a lot of people are like oh that is just so cringy because you know there's a lot of negativity surrounding that social media platform and I understand I get it but um I found it fun. I find it really, really fun. It's just something that motivates me. Like, it just feels like a spam account to me, myself. Um, and yeah, it, it just, it's just really good. Like, it, it just kind of like helps me with my confidence and my motivation. So sometimes I just put up time lapses of me doing my own work or just, you know, uh, lip syncing to like, I don't know, random TikToks when I, when I feel good about myself. Um, and it's fun. It's good. I literally have like, what? <laughs> like... I don't know, 16 followers and they're all like my mutual friends. So um, it does feel a bit weird. Like I don't actually have many people on it, but I'm fine with it. And you know what's really weird is um, this is what I don't, this is what doesn't make sense to me, okay? And I was talking about this to my best friend yesterday. And I was saying, okay, so like I have 16 followers, but then some of my videos will get like, I don't know, 30 views or like 40 views or something and I'm thinking to myself well I know for a fact that my own views don't get counted as a view so if I'm watching that video myself it doesn't count as a view so who are those people who are watching it more than once like who are those people who are watching it probably more than once more than twice or something and it's actually increasing the views because that is weird the fact that I have like 16 followers and I'm getting like 30 42 views on it and I'm like hmm that's odd I'm not gonna lie of course it's not for every video but you know as as they're there longer that is what sort of happens which is strange but you know what I don't mind I'm not really bothered um so yeah I mean I guess if you want to follow me on on TikTok or whatever it's um my name is Kai so it's K-A-I and then three dots 
and an R. So it's Kai dot 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 R. I'll like link it in like the podcast or whatever. But um, yeah, I just do it for fun, to be honest with you. Um, and it's private, of course, so it's, it's great. I think I never really used to understand that. I think it was, um, I think it was um, Ali Abdal who basically was saying that he feels like everyone should have like an online input to a certain extent, like, you know, start writing online or just doing something online because it really helps just yourself and it, you kind of bring like build a little platform for yourself. So, um, I mean, my podcast is just something I do for fun and I just like talking to people and I know I've met like so many new people through it. And then obviously I've got this and it's just a bit of fun to be honest with you. I don't really expect anything from it. I don't really expect to get famous or money or anything like that. It's just fun. It's just an outlet and it's great. Um, So I would definitely recommend it to everyone if you're thinking about it or if you're worried, oh my God, like what are people going to think of me or I won't get many likes or anything like that. It really, it does not matter. It depends on what your intentions are behind it. And if you're literally doing it just for yourself, then do it. You know, there's nothing to be worried about. Um, I know I just do it for myself. Um, but yeah, um, that is my recommendation of the week. Please, please don't be afraid of what people think of you and find an outlet for yourself. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today was something that I've actually always wanted to talk about. I swear to God, whenever I start the podcast, whenever I start an episode, it always starts that way. Or I've been thinking about this for the past few weeks or something that I want to talk about. No, I swear, honestly, when I'm thinking about what to, what to record or what to upload for the episode for that week, I will be thinking about that topic regularly. But this specific topic was one of the main reasons why I wanted to start the podcast. This was the like, you know, when you're writing topic ideas, this was the very first idea I think I had um because it's helped a lot in my own life and I basically learnt it so I thought it'd help other people and I know I've helped a few friends through it as well so it's um basically it's the harder and um I think before before even going into it it's just best to provide a little explanation of what istikhara is so for those of you who are not Muslims um or you are not into Islam you don't know what it is that's perfectly fine um basically essentially it is literally just asking God asking Allah for you know his guidance and his counsel so you might want to be making a big decision in your life now this decision could be related to literally anything to the point where back in the olden days in the times of the prophet Muhammad the sahabas the, you know the people around him they would basically do this after pretty much every prayer like over little little things so we say big decisions essentially when we're explaining it but realistically you could be doing it for anything um so this you know when we say big decisions what do we mean we mean things like marriage we mean things like job uh job you know uh, applications or profiles or you know promotions um it could mean you know going to another country for a holiday or maybe moving to another country it could be should I buy this house should I invest in this business should I start my own business you know it could be anything literally anything should I apply to this university or um should I take should I go down this career path anything like that it could be anything um and a lot of people do the istikhara dua because they're unsure about what kind of decision they should make or they're unsure whether it's good for them or if it's meant to be for them now um the istikhara dua literally if I was to read it out for you uh, which I am going to do in a minute so um basically the istikhara dua obviously we read it in Arabic I'm not going to read the Arabic out now only because my Arabic isn't exactly the best and on top of that there's no point in me reading in the how to translate so I might as well translate it right from the beginning but in English what it essentially relates to is oh Allah I seek the counsel of your knowledge and I seek the help of your omnipotence and I beseech you for your magnificent grace surely you are capable and I am not you know and I know not you are the knower of the unseen oh Allah if you know that this matter 
then mention the thing to be decided, is good for me in my religion and in my life and for my welfare in the life to come, or say, in this life and the afterlife, then ordain it for me and make it easy for me. Then bless me in it, and if you know that this matter is bad for me in my religion, in my life, and in for my welfare in the life to come, or say, in this life and the afterlife, then distance it from me and distance me from it and ordain for me what is good, wherever it may be, and help me to be content with it. So obviously that, that you know, if you were to Google your own translation of the dua or you have a certain book i have a book that i i read it's the fortress of the muslim it's very popular it's a little black book it has literally every a dua for literally everything and anything and i feel like personally that is the best translation of the istikhara dua i don't have it with me right now it's on the other side of the room and i didn't want to get up and make a whole lot of commotion and noise getting it i should have done that before but yes it is a similar translation to what i just read off my phone um but essentially what you are asking is you're asking for allah's advice you are asking for allah's counsel when you are basically deciding in this in this thing that you want to you know see whether it's good for you in your life or not so i think the biggest example when it comes to istikhara is marriage or um a job or a career or you know moving or to a different place or whatever um i know so many stories of um istikhara and you know so many above stories is misperceptions and the con you know the misunderstandings of istikhara which is totally totally understandable right so before i actually looked into istikhara before i even started using it myself understanding the dua um i would have many many misconceptions about it and I feel like when you don't fully understand it, you're not really going to be utilizing it. So um, I have had a lot of people who are skeptical about it. Um, a lot of friends who don't really understand it, therefore they don't really do it. But if I could just explain to you the benefits of it and the fact that it works, um, you know, it's it's really interesting. Um, and I feel like we really do need to clear the misconceptions of it, which a lot of scholars have tried doing and they are very good at it. You know, people like Mufti Meng, people like Naman Ali Khan um, and yeah I, I, I used to have a very vague understanding of the dua myself and now I feel like I really do understand it so the thing is I think the biggest biggest misconception when it comes to istikhara is that people think they are going to get their response in the form of a dream um, and the reason for that is because yes it's possible um, a lot of people do get forms of a dream but the thing is the, the issue with having your response in a dream is that's not necessarily always true so the way Mufti make basically explained this is that and I totally agree with this by the way is 90% of the time you're not going to get your response in a dream and the reason for that is because number one we are not necessarily the best at interpreting dreams that is like a technique that is a quality that's a skill that only the wise people had only like something that the prophets could really do um we're not as normal human beings we don't really have that ability you know we don't really have that sense now on top of that what some people do is they do the istikhara dua and then whatever dream they have they take it to someone of more islamic knowledge so we could be talking about an imam we could be talking about um, um, I mean, in the Pakistani culture, we have people called beads, um, and those are literally like just wise men, I guess. And don't get me started on all of that because I personally am, I am personally not, I don't, I'm, I don't really support the idea, the context of beads, the concept of darbars, um, all of that type of stuff. I don't personally believe and support that type of stuff and that is a totally entire conversation we can get into that if anyone's interested um 
but yes, yeah, so people take their their dreams um, to these to these people and ask them to interpret it. Now, here's the problem with that. Um, realistically, in Islam, we believe that when it comes to dreams, there are certain signs, there are certain visible things that basically will tell you whether it's a good or a bad dream. So we've got, you know, the basic concept of colours. We've got green and white are good colours. We've got red and bad are bad, dangerous colours. Sorry, red and black are bad, dangerous colours. Um, we've got the concept of animals. So a snake, you know, that's very dangerous. Um, we've got the concept of teeth, I think, as well. You know, I think this is a thing that's generally assumed amongst you know cultures and other religions and non-religions about teeth in dreams there's just something about teeth in dreams that people realize oh that's bad um you know your teeth falling out that's like a sign of i don't know you dying or you getting old and i'm not entirely sure so i'm not going to comment on it as much but the point is that there are certain signs that are visible in dreams that will tell you whether it's good or bad you know you can tell when you've had a bad dream and you can tell when you've had a good dream um but the thing is that the way mufti Mank said it as well is that 90% 90% of the time you're not going to be getting a dream and the reason for that is because only wise people can really really interpret that people who've got the skills and knowledge and the gift given to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and um the truth is that not everyone has that ability I know for a fact I don't um so the thing is in that dua you are literally asking Allah if it's good for me in my religion in my life in my afterlife bring me closer to it if it's bad for me distance me from it and distance that thing from me so essentially what we have right here is if we were to interpret the meaning of that dua is if it's good for me bring me closer to it bring bring it to me make sure that it's able to happen if it's not okay for me if it's not good for me if you think that this thing is going to harm me if you think that this thing is not meant to be in my life now when we talk about thing like i said before we could be talking about marriage when we talk about marriage that person the person that you know you might want to be marrying or you think is a personal you know probably a prob possible potential sorry i just literally like mixed up my words there, but a possible potential for marriage um that could be in anything a proposal has come through or someone you love or someone you want to marry um and you know we could be talking about jobs so maybe a career maybe a job application that's just opened up maybe a promotion at work if you think that that's good for me then bring me closer make sure it happens in my life and if it's bad for me then distance it from me make sure that you know we don't come in contact essentially now the thing with istikhara is that a lot of people misinterpret that so what they think is they basically and this is a very big um thing of the elder generation as well um is that they will do istikhara and then they'll wait for a dream they might see a dream and they might interpret it wrongly oh my god that means that it's good for me oh yes okay so i saw green i saw white i was feeling very happy about that dream afterwards it means it's good but then when you're actually waiting for that thing to happen or you're basically in preparation of that thing to happen it's getting more difficult. It's getting really hard. But the fact that they saw that dream makes them think, no, 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 no. This is the way it was supposed to be. This is how it was supposed to happen. So therefore, these are just little things that are happening here and there. It will happen in the end. No, that's not true. The thing is, istikhara literally is like, Allah is giving you visible, visible, real signs of whether it's supposed to be for you or it's not. The way I explain this to my friends, the way I explain this to family is that if it's getting harder for you, baby girl no it's a no it's not supposed to happen the reason for that is because you have literally asked Allah if it's good for me bring it close bring it closer to me bring it you know bring us together or make it happen in my life so if it's getting harder 
is that essentially not the opposite of what you just asked? Therefore, if it's getting harder, Allah is making distances between you and that thing in question. So the basic way I'm just going to talk about this from now is an example of like, let's say marriage, a person. So a lot of people will do istikhara for someone that they've met, someone that they've fallen in love with, or maybe a, pers- a possible potential or a proposal, like I said before. And they might ask, you know, Allah, if this person is supposed to be the one I'm going to marry, or if this marriage will be good, or if this person is supposed to be in my life, and uh, bring me closer to them. If not, then distance us from each other so if you are finding an obstacle after obstacle a pressure after pressure issue after issue in making this happen in pursuing this potential in making this marriage take place if you're finding so many problems so many issues so many red flags what does that mean it means that it's not meant to be it means that that is not ordained for you um however i feel like sometimes we let our emotions and our brain kind of conflict with each other so um in that example what i'm talking about is People who have been in relationships and then do istikhara, um, you are already emotionally attached to that person. So if you find it getting more and more difficult, but you really want to be with that person essentially, I feel like personally, you're going to be overlooking those signs that Allah is giving you and you're just going to try your absolute best to make it work. And in opposite sense, if it's getting easier, then literally Allah is saying, okay, you know, this was meant to be for you. So um, with like stories of istikhara, um, there's been many, many stories. Um... I think the thing is, like I said, the elder generation and our generation have a different concept. What is really sad for me personally um, is when you advise someone to do istihara or you say to someone, okay, you know what, maybe you should do the istihara dua after Isha and, you know, you should, you know, maybe pray to nafils, um, you know, to voluntary prayers and do the dua for istihara afterwards. And there's many different reactions to that. So first of all, you've got the very nice, the very you know, basic uh, gesture, the basic um, reaction to that is, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, that's so right. I'm definitely going to do that. And, you know, so they go forward and they take it on and they, they decide to do istahara. Then you've got another one. Oh, but I don't pray. I, I don't pray, you know, I, I actually don't pray my five daily prayers. Now, okay, first of all, praying is obligatory, but I am no one to tell you, oh my God, astaghfirullah, that's so haram, you're going to hell, no, because we all struggle, we all suffer, and it's between you and Allah, at the end of the day, it's got nothing to do with me, but my advice would be is, look, if you're going to do wudu, if you're going to make wudu to at least do the istikhara prayer and, you know, offer the two voluntary prayers for istikhara, you might as well just read isha before you go to bed then, so, you know, just read isha, salah, and then, you know, do your two voluntary prayers and do the dua for istikhara. In that, what I see is laziness. Straight up, I just see laziness, people finding ways to avoid doing it. And I have I have heard of this in the past. Like, people be like, oh yeah, but I don't really pray. Or, yeah, but, you know, it's a lot of work, isn't it? And I just don't really understand. Like, I, I'm like, if you really, really, really want to know if something is for you or someone is for you, then surely you'd be putting in that effort and that energy to see that, right? But okay, fine. If you if you don't pray, that's fine. But, you know, maybe you should just try praying in general. And then obviously you can also do this to Haradwa. Um, and then I see other people who are very, very sceptical of it. So once or twice I have... Um, I have advised people to do this to Haradwa if they're thinking on something or someone. And they'll be like, oh, I might do the Quran version. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, wait, what did you just say? The Quran version? What? Wait, there's a Quran version of the Istikhara? And I did not know this at all, okay? Now, when I say this, I think personally this is a Pakistani 
Pakistani culture, like it's definitely something to do with Pakistani culture. It's definitely something to do with the Pakistan, like you know, the the cultural acception, the cultural perception of Islam, the Pakistani way of doing it, basically. Now. Okay, this is a different topic and I feel like I always end up speaking about this in many episodes is the way culture has messed up our views and idealisms of Islam and the rights and wrongs and the rights in Islam. So this is one of the examples. So a story goes is that I told a friend, um, she was very worried about someone that she basically was with or whatever and she was like, I don't know if we're meant to be together. I don't know if marriage is good for us. So I said to her, what you need to do is basically istikhara. You really, really need to talk to Allah about it, have a conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and see if this person is meant to be for you. I explained the whole concept, literally just as as how I've been doing it in this episode. And then in the end, she turns around to me and says, you know what, I might do the Quran istikhara. And I was like, wait, what? What's that? Like, what is the Quran istikhara? I don't understand. And she literally explained it to me was that she read the dua for istikhara and then, oh God, I just feel really weird even saying it, but you read the dua for istikhara and then you open up the Quran and, you know, you randomly flick to a page and you put your finger on anything and whatever word that you come across, there's a separate separate book, you check in that book. Now, in this book, there's interpretations of what this word could mean for your istikhara answer. I, this is insane. Let's just me saying it. It just feels so wrong. But, you know, so let's say you had the word, I don't know, like a letter, like a, like a wow letter or like a sheen letter in Arabic. You go that and it might say yes, um, but not now. Um, or if you had a different letter and you find the interpretation for that, it might say not now, but wait in the future. It might happen. Or you might have a different interpretation and it might say something like, yes, it will happen. I don't know in the next coming weeks. Now, let me explain something about that. Istikhara is not a time frame answer. It is not a, oh yeah, give it some time, it'll happen. No, it's literally a yes or a no. Yes in the form of things are getting easier or no in the forms of the distance is getting more and more and it's getting more difficult, more obstacles are happening. So when I explained this to his friend, she was like, yeah, but you know, this is also another way to do istikhara. I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I have never, ever, ever heard of this idea and I've never heard of any scholar. I've never heard of any um, person who's intelligent with Islam who's knowledgeable in Islam offering and advising people to do istikhara in the Quran way like it's just not a thing I don't even think that's possible you are literally supposed to be praying these vanshi prayers for about a certain amount of time like seven days on the trot type of thing and you're telling me that you're just going to do this quick simple way of getting an immediate answer it does not work like that because there's no time frame you can't have someone you can't have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala essentially telling you, yes, it's supposed to be, but not right now. Give it a few years and it'll happen. No, that is not the way. Because think about it yourself as well. In Islam, things are meant to be made easier for you. That is not making things easier if you're waiting years and stuff like that. It's not It's not a thing. Um. So I was shocked. I was really surprised. And that is, I feel like, the third issue with istihara is a lot of people do not understand it. A lot of people have been taught different things so you need to unlearn that so what I had to unlearn was the whole concept of dreams I was always hesitant and worried and you know I always used to put off doing istikhara because I used to think I don't know how the hell to interpret dreams I probably will not be getting a dream if I haven't got a dream have I got my answer yes or no and then when I realized that in actual fact, you're not even going to be getting a dream most of the time after his takhara, and you're literally asking Allah to make it easier for you, remove the obstacles or make it harder for you, put the obstacles in it, then duh, you've got your answer right there. Um, And 
after going through personal experiences with istikhara after seeing it literally happen right in front of my face and seeing it happen slowly and eventually and things getting easier for a certain thing i'd ask for or things getting more difficult for a certain thing i'd ask for that's when i really realized the power of istikhara to the point now where even if i have a little thing i will probably be doing istikhara now i feel like i'm really annoyed because the episodes that I do for this podcast are essentially like half an hour long and I really want to talk about tahajjud as well which is essentially a different prayer to, to istikhara but I feel like they really do complement each other um but I don't have time to be honest with you in this episode so maybe next week inshallah I'll do an episode on tahajjud but for the non-muslims out there I know this might be a little confusing right now and it is very very you know it's a niche of islam really even muslims don't really understand it as much but I will tell you one thing istikhara and the concept of istikhara and the concept of tahajjud um these two special voluntary prayers are really what made me fall in love with islam it really made me fall in love with the fact that you can have a conversation with your rabb the you have a conversation with the creator and the point is you can literally talk to Allah anywhere anytime for anything so the thing is a lot of people are also afraid to ask for certain things in istihara like you know it could be anything it could be the person you want to marry and you might feel a bit I don't know about a bit reserved about asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you know for this person or you might not want to know the answer deep down or you know you feel like you might be a bit ashamed to be asking or whatever but the thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already knows what's in your heart we have been told by the Quran we have been told by hadith we've been told by the prophet subhanahu wa ta'ala sorry astaghfirullah by the prophets muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he already knows what's in your heart he already knows what you want and what you want to ask for he wants to hear it and hear it on your tongue he wants you to use your tongue to make that dua vocally and ask Allah with the words that he's allowed you to put in your heart he already knows what's in your heart he wants to hear it from you and when it comes in istikhara you know deep down what you truly want and you know what you really need advice on and if you're going to talk to Allah Allah is going to literally talk back to you Allah does not ignore you there are three ways essentially a dua is answered it can be a yes it can be a no i have something better for you or it can be a yes but not now so when i mean yes but not now by the way i know i just did say that in istikhara you know you don't get that response like that i mean you need patience so the thing is when you make dua you need to show sabr you need to show patience the fact that you might be asking for something right now you're not going to get that the best way i explain this is you might be praying for um like a first class in your degree right but you know very well you're going to find your results for your degree at the end of the year, right? In summer. So if you're sat here like in like November time, let's say, making dua, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Rabb, please make sure I get a first class degree. Please make sure I get 70% or above in my degree. I mean, let's be real. You're not going to be waking up the next day and your results are miraculously going to be coming through to your computer and be like, oh, just to let you know, in June, you're going to be getting first class degree. It doesn't work that way. You have to show sabr and you have to show patience. On top of that, you need to put the effort in and the energy in yourself to make that dua a possibility. Now, you cannot be sat there asking for a first class degree and then not revise at all, not put in any effort into your assignments, not work on your degree. That's not possible. It works two ways. You're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something and you've also got to put that energy time and effort in for it to happen so what i mean by patience and sabr is you might be asking for something that is just genuinely not meant to be happening right now it will be happening in the future but you've got to show sabr you've got to show patience you can't be hasty in your dua you can't make the dua and then think why is it not happening oh my god i just asked allah oh my god i made such sincere dua i'm waiting for it to happen why is it not happening it doesn't work like that you have to show patience you have to show sabr and on top of that i feel like 
we as humans are very hasty we expect everything every need every desire of ours to be fulfilled immediately and realistically that's not the way life works in life you will win you will lose so sometimes you might make dua and it will not happen it will not Allah will not grant that dua that's not because Allah does not want you to have that it's rather because Allah's plan is the best plan Allah knows what you need Allah knows what is best for you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created you he knows you he knows everything about you he knows what's in your heart but he also knows what's best for you so realistically let's just say you might be you might be you know making istikhara you might be making dua you might be praying tahajjud prayer for someone that you really want to marry or whatever or a a job that you really want or you know a country you really want to move to but at the end of the day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows whether that's best for you or not Allah knows if that's going to benefit you in this life or it's going to make it worse for you in this life now as well as that I do believe that Allah sometimes tests us and tests our patience and tests our faith by giving us certain things that happen in our lives we are meant to learn from them essentially we're meant to learn from our mistakes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes brings positions into your life he sometimes creates situations in your life he sometimes brings people into your life as a form of making you learn as in giving you a lesson so here's this this is what happened. This is what you're never going to do again. Learn from it. Now that can happen so many times. You may have learned that yourself. And there are so many ways in which a dua will be answered. But sometimes we overthink it. We really do overthink. As a person, me, myself personally, I have massive issues with overthinking, with um, instability such as that. And I know that's a big flaw of mine. So I might be making dua and then, you know, sometimes you can end up doubting it. But that is the worst thing that you could be doing. You need to make dua and have your faith in Allah. And you need to be ready to accept whatever outcome that might be. So that could be a yes. And, you know, it's going to happen. Whatever you wanted, you know, to happen, it will happen. And, you know, you're going to be very happy about that, obviously. Um, And then it could be uh, no, But you have to remember if it's a no and that dua has been rejected and that thing you wanted to happen did not take place, you have to see the good side of it. And that is very hard. I'm not going to lie. That is very, very hard. And it takes a lot of sabr and it takes a lot of strength sometimes to accept the fact that what you wanted is not going to happen. But you need to remember it as in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has something better in plan for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has something better in store for you. And it's really hard to see it that way at the time because what you wanted is not what you got. And at that time, that's all that is consuming you. That's all that you're overthinking about. But essentially, at that time, you won't be able to see it. In the future, you will realize, hang on, what I asked for or the person I asked for it was not right for me. At the time, I didn't see it. And now I do. Now I realize. And don't worry, that happens after a long time. And maybe it might take forever for you to tell me. Maybe it'll happen the very next day. But it will happen. And then obviously, we've got the final response of dua where it's like, yes, but not now. And I've already explained that. That's literally all about sabr and patience and strength. You need to have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's very hard. This takes practice. It does. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. Um, Especially when, you know, you're very young and, you know, you, you've been told, that, okay, do this and this is going to make all your dreams come true. No, that's not the case. You are really asking Allah for his guidance and his counsel and he will let things fall into place if it's meant to be or he will create more obstacles if it's not meant to be. And um, yeah, I feel like that was a very tough and deep conversation to be honest with you. But Istihada is literally one of the most powerful du'as out there. Um and I feel like we really need to start implementing it into our lives on a regular daily basis. It can be anything, guys. Don't ever feel ashamed or feel shy or embarrassed to ask Allah for anything. 
It can be anything, okay? Do not feel shy about it. Do not feel embarrassed. Not Don't feel like Allah is going to laugh at you or Allah is going to be angry with you for asking because at the end of the day, Allah already knows what you want before you even ask for it. He just wants to hear it from you. So please do take that advice on. If there's anything that you're worried about, if there's anyone that you're worried about, um, there's anything or anyone you want in your life, please do, cons- like, please just talk to Allah before it about it sorry um please speak to allah have a conversation with your creator about it especially if you know that this is what you really want because at the end of the day you know we're in this world to basically serve allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're here in this world to you know to pray and to worship allah and if you're if he's the one who created you surely do you not think it'd be great to be taking his advice if he knows you inside and out? That's the way I see it anyway. So um, I hope that was a very informative episode. I hope we had a bit of a chat. And for those of you who have any questions about Istikhara, please, please, please do get in touch with me. Um, You can send a little message to me on my website, www.thewordaffairs.co.uk or you can email me at thewordaffairspodcast at gmail.com um and yeah i really do hope to hear back from you guys and join you again for another episode next week inshallah take care (laughs) 